Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Jam on 98.4 Captain FM, June Gashui and Martin Karaoke. And once again, mm-hmm. we were just when we were done with Dr. Zippy Okoth, yeah. we now have another doctor in the studio. Yeah, And, uh, you know, today we decided, you know what, we're going to be talking to people who, uh, they're intellectually astute. Ala, uh, uh, what do you do every time, every day? What do, who are you talking to here every day? <laughs> <laughs> you know one thing? Uh, <laughs> And, uh, and uh, people, they're, they're, they're intellectual, yes. but they also come down to you, to my level, Martin Karaoke's level, to explain things clearly. You know, there are a f- couple of things that are happening. Yani, yesterday was World Pharmacist Day. Yesterday we also had a, a very, very, a headline on a local daily that had the medical sector going crazy yes. about it. And this man in studio can actually address it. Because he happens to be a secretary of a certain <coughs> organiz- is it an organization or a union <laughs> of medical people. <laughs> so now the first question always on this show is, who are you? Uh, thank you, Martin. Uh, mm. My name is Dr. Davji Bimjiatela. Mm-hmm. I'm the secretary general for Kenya Medical Practitioners, Pharmacists and Dentist Union. So this is a union that advocates for the rights of doctors mm-hmm. in the whole country, oh. both in the public sector, which forms about 80% of the membership, and the 20% who are private from the private sector. But overall, we believe that when we have uh, medical personnel that are well motivated, then it then means the public can actually access the better health care that you all need as per the Constitution. Okay. So Dr. That is... Davji Bimji. Yeah. I have so many questions. The first question... <laughs> Davji Bimji, the two names. Yes. Where did you get them? Yeah, generally in uh, in the medical fraternity amongst my colleagues, um, called the Black Indian. <laughs> and uh, and, and this, the name. Uh, my father uh, worked closely with a guy called Davji Bimji, which uh-huh. was a Davji Bimji Construction. Yeah. Okay. So he had a very good relationship with the guy, yeah. and he wanted to remember the person. So when yeah. I was born, he gave me the name Davji Bimji. Hey. And That's so it trusts me in my name. Thank you. Ah, because yes. I was saying, the young guy here photo my mob son. Come to We are here, of course, because we were celebrating World Pharmacist Day yesterday. Yes, yes. But before we go into that, there's a there's a there's a there's a, there's a local daily yesterday that came out and said doctors are here to make money off people. Mm. And since you are the <clears throat> secretary, you said secretary general, general yes, of the of, of the KPMDU. Yes. Uh, uh, this daily basically said that uh, doctors uh, work to uh, do many jobs to profit for profit for themselves. And yesterday there was a whole, there was a lot of halabaloo kelele on on the on the Twitter uh, t- uh, timeline. Would you like to just tackle that? Oh, I appreciate uh, the fact that that particular thing came out. And oh. uh, one thing that we gave in our press statement today is that it was more sensational and it did not statically give value to call the brand names that they gave to the doctors. Mm. Because one, the uh, journalist said that he had only accessed 15 doctors and 15 out, fifteen specialists out of over 4,000. Mm. These 15, it's about six who happened to have been uh, uh, given the story he was giving. But then in his information around the papers, he profiled all the professional, all the doctors in the country to mm-hmm. be cons. Mm-hmm. And that actually is not the issue mm-hmm. in the healthcare. We have what is making the healthcare not to work. We have to see situations that have actually made it difficult for the public to access healthcare. For example, we had a scenario in Laikipia County mm-hmm. where the specialists who serve that particular county were all dismissed by the, by the governor. 
They were reinstated by Public Service Commission, reinstated by the court orders, but they still remained out until the change of the government. So all that period, we recorded so many preventable deaths. That was a system problem. We have hospitals in this country where we have specialists who cannot go to theater. And the reason is because there are no theaters in those particular hospitals. Mm. So then they have, uh, then it, it becomes very difficult even to offer services in those facilities. We have also facilities like we saw recently at Mamalusi, where there was no intensive care for a patient. So despite the specialists being there, despite all the doctors being there, there could not be services offered to these. So it's an issue of a broken health system. Mm. And as KMPDU, we have spoken about it for a very long time, that we need to have a working public health care. The doctors should not just be in the hospital for the sake of it. They should be there to, pre to, to treat and to prevent deaths wow. and to make people feel like they're cared for. But mm. you cannot do that if you are in the hospital but then your role is just to watch people dying because the system is not working. So ideally, we need to look at that. Secondly, we have a big shortage of, of specialists in this country. Yeah. When you look at the report, for example, in Coast, he reported that there's only one cardio, uh, cardiothoracic surgeon in the whole county, just one person. Mm. The date was on a holiday. So it's impossible to correlate yeah. that <laughs> for being absenteeism. Mm. Yes. Okay. Again, we look at uh, what happens statistically in referral hospitals in MTRH and in KNH. We have, because those are generally specialized facilities. Yeah. And the people who work in those hospitals are actually a specialist. Mm. The, the report can, you can see from the reports that they actually come to, come to work. Mm. So uh, I, be, I believe the essence or the intent of the publication should be bringing the conversation on how can we actually invest mm. in healthcare to make it better. Mm. So ah. you're not saying everybody's a good apple but there's but not everybody's a bad apple. Yes. Which is what the, the article seemed to suggest. Yes. Okay. Alright, so we're going to come back and talk to Dr. Davdi Bimji. <laughs> that still, still makes me it's it's impressive i like i like I like that all uh, how you got your name yeah. uh, right now we're going to go into the business news and then we'll come and discuss world pharmacist day yes. what what is the significance of this day and this year's theme yeah. pharmacy united in action for a healthier world we'll be talking more about that capital fm Dr. Bimji, who is in studio right now, the National Secretary General and Chief Executive Officer of the Kenya Medical Practitioners Pharmacist and Dentist Union, uh, KMPDU, and also a pharmacist who is celebrating World Pharmacist Week. <laughs> because World Pharmacist Day was yesterday, yes. so we are doing a whole week, right? Yes. What this is, is the, the 12th one, yeah. 12th Annual World Pharmacist Day. Mm -hmm. And the theme uh, was that Pharmacy United in Action for a Healthier World. What does that, what does that mean? Uh, basically, the essence of bringing about the pharmacy, uh, pharmacist world, rather World Pharmacist Day, was a concept that came around in the 2009 during the FIP conference in Istanbul with a major objective to advocate or bring awareness on the role of pharmacists mm -hmm. in the global health. Mm -hmm. And again, to inspire or recognize the roles that they play in everyday medication in the hospitals. So basically, to bring all the pharmacists together is to make it possible to understand what do we do in the hospital from the traditional role that is to have dispensing to more closer role to patient care. Because when you go deeper and check, currently the third biggest uh, cause of death in the world is the medication errors that exist in every hospital, every setting. And therefore, uh, pharmacists being uh, uh, the, the, the specialists rather in, medic in, in the medication, then they bring out the aspect of better use of the medication and the proper use. And what that actually end up doing is saves the patient the cost of extra medication. There's what we call polypharmacy. So 
with the, the pharmacist on board is much easier than that in every medication we have to look at the role and the value that it creates in the prescription that is put in place. Mm. So it becomes an holistic team of the physician, holistic team with the pharmacist and the whole team in the world rounds, the way it's being done currently in MTRH and across the world. And that helps in elevating the patient, both in cost and also in suffering. When you say MTRH, what is, what is the MTRH? Oh, the, that, that practice currently whereby you have a team in mm. hospital management. Oh. We have Moi Teaching and Referral Hospital, yeah. mm -hmm. which has uh, encompassed this practice so much. Yeah. Where in every ward round or in every hospital settings, there's a clinical pharmacist that works together with the physicians mm -hmm. or with the medical team. And his role is just to look at the medication that the patient is receiving. If a patient is on chronic condition, let's say like diabetes or hypertension, then every day as they take the particular medication that has been prescribed, you have to also continue monitoring that what is the adherence? How are they responding? And then that helps in total uh, management of the patient. So on a personal, uh, personally, when I go to hospital, like if say you sprained your leg and stuff, uh, but I'm not in pain. So they give me some medication and then they always pres prescribe, uh, uh, I don't know what you call it, a painkiller. Pain killer. Yes. And you tell them, I, 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 I'm okay, I can handle this pain. Yes. But they tell you, no, you must get it because of my card. There's a problem with all the, the prescriptions and, car and medical uh, insurance, mm. especially. It's, it's some people, sometimes they, 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 the prescriptions are normally too, too much and expensive and not necessary. Is there mm. something that you guys are doing uh, and, and to investigate these situations, especially in the private hospitals. And that's why I bring up the aspect of the, the therapy, mm -hmm. the holistic aspect of therapy, yeah. where every medication that you're having, they have to create a value. Yeah. You may not need to have three, four different antibiotics that are actually oh. doing the same thing. Oh. And when you are on antibiotic, how are they following up to ensure that you actually complete the dose oh. so that you can, uh, you can uh, reduce the aspect of, of microbial uh, resistance? Oh. Again, if you don't need a painkiller, oh. and it is part of the bill, oh. a discussion among the medical team will make you not know, to go with that particular medication. Oh. And then that reduces the cost. Oh. Yes. And also reduces the work your liver is doing yeah. to yes. process things. <laughs> yes. I want to speak a little bit more about uh, COVID and, and lessons that we've learned. I feel like when COVID arrived, every other disease was forgotten. Every other sickness was forgotten because all our efforts and all our medical uh, practitioners' efforts appeared to be um, geared towards fighting this pandemic. So I wonder if there are things we've learned, lessons we've learned over the years that we, if ever, God forbid, something like this was to strike again, strike the world again. What what do you think are, are the kind of conversations and lessons that we've learned? I think from the COVID actually shows the, showed a lot of inefficiency that we have mm. in our healthcare in the country and not only in developing countries, even in the developed world mm -hmm. because there's a lot that was overstretched in the hospitals. And so from that point, there's actual need that every country need to see healthcare not just as a normal expenditure, but they need to see it as an investment of the country to the point that if there are new uh, pandemics to come, then the country it will be resilient enough to protect the, 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 the citizen. And one thing that comes up with that is that they need to have the professionals, rather the medical personnel employed. Mm. We need to have uh, doctors in hospitals, we need to have pharmacists, we need to have nurses, such that the overwhelming that we saw in the hospitals in the, in the counties is actually undertaken. There's something that we call the, the, the intensive care, or rather the, the, the news of ICUs in the hospital. Mm. At the time where we had the pandemic, it was a talk of the day. But then it doesn't mean that during this uh, period that we've had in 2022, 
that we need to forget about that. Mm. Ideally, the government need to now invest so that any person should not be denied a chance to have the, to access the ICUs. Mm. We have had even a case recently in uh, Mama Lucy Hospital mm. where we lost a patient, and that happened ideally because there was no intensive care. Wow. So despite the fact that there were specialists, that there were doctors, that there were nurses, without the intensive care, there was no way the patient could be saved. So this actual need to invest in the healthcare system, that's what we've learned from the COVID. But that can only happen if we do what we call budget justice to healthcare. Wow. We need to put a set aside funds that will ensure that we have personnel, we have the doctors, that will ensure that we have the equipment that we need, that will also ensure that things actually done and the policies that have already been discussed in the Ministry of Health are implemented down into the counties. Mm. Because what we currently see are many hospitals that have been built. We had isolation centers that were there at that time, mm. but now they're not functional. So mm. really, that's a very a thing that we need to look at strongly. Currently, we've seen an outbreak of Ebola yeah. mm. in the neighboring count, uh, country. Mm. As, a, as, as, as the government gives a warning to county governments and even to the, to the, the citizens to be vigilant, there has to, be, there has to be a strong action oh. on how we can actually protect ourselves if, they can, if we get the disease. Dr. let me just ask you, what are the, lo- let's say, the, the, the people who need to hear you right now listening, yeah? Uh, when we come back, I'd like to have you tell me what the low-hanging fruits are. If you had access to the CS of Health today and you were to tell him two, three things or her two, three or if things. You, or if you were to yeah. be called up as a CS Health yeah. today. What are those first three things that you would do to, to fix the problem when we come back? All right, time for the news headlines and the sport. David Sayaga is here. And remember, guys, we are talking to Dr. Davji Bimji Atela, National Secretary General, KMPDU. There's a Kenya Medical Practitioners, Pharmacists and Dentists Union. We're celebrating a World Pharmacists Week. Okay, we'll be right back after this. Capital FM. We have in studio Dr. Davji Bimji Atela, and we are speaking all things health. Um, how do we fix this broken health system? And uh, the task, uh, the challenge I threw to Dr. Ari just before the break was if he was seated in a position of more power than he currently holds right now, <laughs> what are the what are the low-hanging fruit? What are the top three things that you would implement if money was not a problem, if corruption was not a problem, if uh, minds in our leadership of this country were aligned? What are the top three things? Uh, first of all, if that happens to be in the situation currently, the first thing that we look at is the budget justice, the mm-hmm. budget. And this will ensure that... Uh, Currently, when you look at it, it's at 4.4%. And that makes everything not possible to actually work. But if you put it to have a budget justice at 15% mm. or at 5% as per WHO uh, as per for the, of the GDP, then it then means that we can have uh, adequate human resource mm-hmm. for all the count, for all the, for, for, for all the counties. It may not be enough, but then it will have an improvement. We will, uh, from the Ministry of Health, there will be ability to capacity build the counties, not only by giving equipment without the personnel, but also by employing the required personnel. And that is the service delivery. Mm. The number two is the unveiling of the universal health coverage. This is going to enable every person in the country to access health care. Mm. And this can happen if we have a functional public health care in all the counties and this is possible if it's enough also finance for the same then the last thing is the empowerment of not only the healthcare workers but also the patients that that means that there's need to be a lot of community engagements the patient need to know what is the right 
How do they need to have access to the healthcare? What will they do at in the, the what's the primary healthcare level? What are they going to achieve in level one, level two, level three? Because then that will make it possible that the conditions that can be identified earlier, that is promotive and pre preventive healthcare, can be maximized. And if that happens, then the, num the number of cases that will be at level four, level five, level six will be reduced. We'll have cases whereby we will be able to identify these uh, cancer cases early enough. Mm. That means they can easily be managed rather than when they go at level six. Mm. And this can happen if we have actual promotion or preventive healthcare in the country. Okay. So you said the current recommendation by WHO is five, a minimum of 5% uh, of a country's GDP? 5% of, of GDP. And so we are at 2.3%. And given our GDP, you think up to 15 would would solve uh, all the, the problems? The 15% is now the budget. Okay. Our, our annual budget is at, uh, uh, we, we are at 4.4%. Yes. But if, uh, if we go at 15%, that was as per the Abuja Declaration mm. of, 20, of 2001 for all the African countries, then we will be much better off from where we are at 4.4%. Okay, okay. Hmm. So if I, was, if I was president, I don't know if this is a good idea. Uh, personally, I'd, 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 all civil servants, that is all elected members of mm. parliament, mm. MCAs, governors, senators, all of these people have to go to uh, either either county hospitals to seek medical help or government hospitals to seek medical help. Do you think that will help us, uh, you know, make our health systems better and have more equipment? Because we can employ 20,000 people, where they were saying, mm. but then we employ 20,000 people into shells, yes. into buildings with nothing, a mm. hole. Mm. You think that would help? Actually, the reason why we have an unfunctional, rather dysfunctional public health care is because all the leaders that we elect from the MCAs to the MPs, to the governors who actually get the budget for healthcare, mm. to the ministers, yeah. they do not access healthcare in the public. Yeah. They have FT insurance packages that actually takes them to private hospitals. Uh -huh. So then, so then, if we do not have those uh, those facilities, we don't have the healthcare is not functional in the counties. They will not experience it. We have a practical example where one of the governors with an accident, it's quite unfortunate, uh -huh. and was taken to the referral hospital in Nyeri, where he was from, oh. there was no service. We have seen that it was being airlifted to the private hospitals. Mm. We have seen many governors who had COVID-19 uh, last year and part of this year. Mm. They're all being flown to Robbie Hospital and all other private hospitals. But they're the ones with the budget for healthcare in those particular counties. So and have those particular ones who had that negative or unfortunate experience, have their county hospitals improved? Uh, they you see, there's, there's a big aspect of politics that they yeah, play. Yeah. Where the politics is what do the Wanainchi see? They see a big hospital, they oh. see a big facility, and then they see anybody in a white lab could be a doctor. So really, because they are not consumers of the same uh, healthcare that they provide, mm. they would not care about it. At one point you are saying, it's not possible to be baking bread. But then when you want to take breakfast, you go buy bread from your neighbors. Oh. So it's very important that you know what quality of bread you need. And that will actually improve the access to healthcare. And speaking of making uh, your own bread, also as a pharmacist, if we manufacture our own drugs, that makes it cheaper, right? Because I understand we import most of our, of our medicine. We actually uh, import over 75% of the consumption that we have in the country, which takes about uh, almost 150 billion. So there's 150 billion. Yes. In imports. In imports of the medication in this country. That's so there's surely. actually need to uh, to improve the, the man local manufacturing. And that can only happen if we reduce the tax regime on those particular, man mm. on the process. Yeah. And also we make the human aspect, human resource aspect of it visible. So but you're saying that people within the country are being taxed more than people who are bringing in the drugs. The tax that is put up 
on the process of manufacturing makes the drug that will otherwise cost very cheap to three four folds if it's manufactured locally right. and that's why that's why it it makes the the, the, the wholesalers easily import mm. than manufacture my yeah. god and that means we're not because i think that then speaks to all the other um what shall we call them like uh, auxiliary benefits right yes, so yes. there's healthcare but then your society improves if you're not spending this much time in hospitals and and looking for money to pay bills we are a country that has uh, harambeed itself to no end uh-huh. everyone has a cold we do a harambe uh-huh. um you know all the way to to funerals and uh-huh. everything but i think there's like a social element as well and an economic benefit that we would see if this problem you're highlighting yeah. is is fixed could you speak a little bit about that uh, basically um if we as a country look into the need to have everyone access to healthcare mm. then it would be very easy to, to to have health that do not burden the community or do not burden the families mm. but as as of now it is more of if you are able to pay then you get a better healthcare than if you're not able to pay and this also has been well illustrated with even the national the, the shortage of insurance that we have the NHIF currently out of the accredited facilities 75% of the accredited facilities are public, 25% are private. private. But then, in terms of rebutting the funds, 80% of the funds goes to the private, the 25%, mm. while 20% goes to the to the to, to the public. So there's no possibility of yeah. making that work. And when you look dig deeper, you realize that those who own the private hospitals are the ones who are in the leadership in the counties, mm. and the ones who are in the parliament health committees, are the ones who are MCs. So there's actual need to bring regulations mm. and laws that will empower the public facilities. And one thing that uh, we uh, keep advocating for is this ring-fencing of funds. Mm. The funds that are meant for healthcare need to remain for healthcare mm-hmm. within the hospitals. No so reallocation. Ensure, not reallocation to mm. other things. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Wow. What an eye-opener as yeah. we celebrate this year's World Pharmacist Day. Um, there's a lot, a lot. Pharmacy United in Action for a healthier world. And a healthier is not just physically, it's mentally, it's societal. Um, and I think that I also saw that there's some other thing we're celebrating at the end of this week. Uh-huh. World contraceptive contraception. Not, is it today? today? It's, it's today. It's now. Hey, let me tell you something. <laughs> Nick, can all these days just be every day? You must use contraception every day. Yeah. You must you get do, uh, medicine from the pharmacy every day. Yeah. But I guess it's also good to just have one day to highlight. Yeah. Hey, so so what is your final note on the contraception? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dr. should we? Or should we not? <laughs> uh, it's, it's a balanced thing. <laughs> uh, the, there's a song that says, uh, uh, I think, Saudi Soul. So, from that school of thought, uh, some may think that every child that you have, then it should be uh, taken care of by the society, by the community, and all that. That's mm. uh, that respective. But again, in the uh, world of contraceptives, they look at is there a need? You need to have children that you can adequately take care of them to mm-hmm. have quality life. Mm-hmm. So it's a balance of the culture and a balance of what actually is feasible and what should be done. Oh, thank you so well, much. As guys, we'll keep talking about that one when yeah. we come back. But it is five o'clock, and we're so grateful that you spent some time with us as we commemorate um, these two days yesterday's World Pharmacist Day and today's World Contraception Day. But thank you also for just opening our eyes um, as to, you know, the fact that we have a broken system, but there is ways to fix it. Thank you. Thank right? you.
Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Jam on 98.4 Captain FM, June Gashui and Martin Karaoke. And once again, mm-hmm. we were just when we were done with Dr. Zippy Okoth, yeah. we now have another doctor in the studio. Yeah. And, uh, you know, today we decided, you know, we're going to be talking to people who uh, they are intellectually astute. Uh, uh, what do you do every time, every day? What do, who are you talking to here every day? <laughs> <laughs> you know one thing? Uh, <laughs> And, uh, and uh, people, they're, they're, they're intellectual, yes. but they also come down to you, to my level, Martin Karaoke's level, to explain things clearly. You know, there are a f- couple of things that are happening. Yani, yesterday was World Pharmacist Day. Yesterday we also had a, a very, very, a headline on a local daily that had the medical sector going crazy yes. about it. And this man in studio can actually address it. Because he happens to be a secretary of a certain <coughs> organiz- is it an organization or a union <laughs> of medical people. <laughs> so now the first question always on this show is, who are you? Uh, thank you, Martin. Uh, mm. My name is Dr. Davji Bimjiatela. Mm-hmm. I'm the secretary general for Kenya Medical Practitioners, Pharmacists and Dentist Union. So this is a union that advocates for the rights of doctors mm-hmm. in the whole country, oh. both in the public sector, which forms about 80% of the membership, and the 20% who are private from the private sector. But overall, we believe that when we have uh, medical personnel that are well motivated, then it then means the public can actually access the better health care that you all need as per the Constitution. Okay. So Dr. That is... Davji Bimji. Yeah. I have so many questions. The first question... <laughs> Davji Bimji, the two names. Yes. Where did you get them? Yeah, generally in uh, in the medical fraternity amongst my colleagues, um, called the Black Indian. <laughs> and uh, and, and this, the name. Uh, my father uh, worked closely with a guy called Davji Bimji, which uh-huh. was a Davji Bimji construction. Yeah. Okay. So he had a very good relationship with the guy, yeah. and he wanted to remember the person. So when yeah. I was born, he gave me the name Davji Bimji. Hey. And so it trusts the man my name. Thank you. Ah, because yes. I was there. Uh, <laughs> 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 so, 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 there's a local daily yesterday that came out and said doctors are here to make money off people. Mm. And since you are the <clears throat> secretary, you said secretary general, general yes, of, the, of, of the KPMDU. Yes. Uh, uh, this daily basically said that uh, doctors uh, work to uh, do many jobs to profit for profit for themselves. And yesterday there was a whole, there was a lot of halabaloo kelele on on the on the Twitter uh, t- uh, timeline. Would you like to just tackle that? Oh, I appreciate uh, the fact that that particular thing came out. And oh. uh, one thing that we gave in our press statement today is that it was more sensational and it did not statically give value to call the brand names that they gave to the doctors. Mm. Because one, the uh, journalist said that he had only accessed 15 doctors and 15 out, fifteen specialists out of over 4,000. Mm. These 15, it's about six who happened to have been uh, uh, given the story he was giving. But then in his information around the papers, he profiled all the professional, all the doctors in the country to mm. be cons. Mm. And that actually is not the issue mm. in the healthcare. We have what is making the healthcare not to work. We have to see situations that have actually made it difficult for the public to access healthcare. For example, we had a scenario in Laikipia County mm-hmm. where the specialists who served that particular county were all dismissed by the, by the governor. They were instated by public service commission, instated by the court orders, but they still remained out. 
until the change of the government. So all that period, we recorded so many preventable deaths. That was a system problem. We have hospitals in this country where we have specialists who cannot go to theater. And the reason is because there are no theaters in those particular hospitals. Mm. So then they have, uh, then it, it becomes very difficult even to offer services in those facilities. We have also facilities like we saw recently at Mamalusi where there was no intensive care for a patient. So despite the specialists being there, despite all the doctors being there, there could not be services offered to these. So it's an issue of a broken health system. Mm. And as KMPDU, we have spoken about it for a very long time, that we need to have a working public health care. The doctors should not just be in the hospital for the sake of it. They should be there to, pre to, to treat and to prevent deaths wow. and to make people feel like they're cared for. But mm. you cannot do that if you are in the hospital but then your role is just to watch people dying because the system is not working. So ideally, we need to look at that. Secondly, we have a big shortage of, of specialists in this country. Yeah. When you look at the report, for example, in Coast, he reported that there's only one cardio, uh, cardiothoracic surgeon in the whole county, just one person. Mm. The date was on a holiday. So it's impossible to correlate yeah. that <laughs> for being absenteeism. Mm. Yes. Okay. Again, we look at uh, what happens statistically in referral hospitals in MTRH and in KNH. We have, because those are generally specialized facilities. Yeah. And the people who work in those hospitals are actually are specialists. Oh. The, the you can see from the reports that they actually come to, come to work. Oh. So uh, I, be, I believe the essence or the intent of the publication should be bringing the conversation on how can we actually invest mm. in healthcare to make it better. Mm. So ah. you're not saying everybody's a good apple but there's but not everybody's a bad apple. Yes. Which is what the, the article seemed to suggest. Yes. Okay. Alright, so we're going to come back and talk to Dr. Davdi Bimji. <laughs> that still, still makes me it's it's impressive i like i like I like that all uh, how you got your name yeah. uh, right now we're going to go into the business news and then we'll come and discuss world pharmacist day yes. what what is the significance of this day and this year's theme yeah. pharmacy united in action for a healthier world we'll be talking more about that capital fm Dr. Bimji, who is in studio right now, the National Secretary General and Chief Executive Officer of the Kenya Medical Practitioners, Pharmacists and Dentists Union, uh, KMPDU, and also a pharmacist who is celebrating World Pharmacist Week. <laughs> because World Pharmacist Day was yesterday, yes. so we are doing a whole week, right? Yes. What this is, is the, the 12th one, yeah. 12th Annual World Pharmacist Day. Mm -hmm. And the theme uh, was that Pharmacy United in Action for a Healthier World. What does that, what does that mean? Uh, basically, the essence of bringing about the pharmacy, uh, pharmacist world, rather World Pharmacist Day, was a concept that came around in the 2009 during the FIP conference in Istanbul with a major objective to advocate or bring awareness on the role of pharmacists mm -hmm. in the global health. Mm. And again, to inspire or recognize the roles that they play in everyday medication in the hospitals. So basically, to bring all the pharmacists together is to make it possible to understand what do we do in the hospital from the traditional role that is to have dispensing to more closer role to patient care. Because when you go deeper and check, currently the third biggest uh, cause of death in the world is the medication errors that exist in every hospital, every setting. And therefore, uh, pharmacists being uh, uh, the, the, the specialists rather in, medic in, in the medication, then they bring out the aspect of better use of the medication and the proper use. And what that actually end up doing is saves the patient the cost of extra medication. There's what we call polypharmacy. 
So with the, the pharmacist on board, it's much easier then that in every medication, we have to look at the role and the value that it creates in the prescription that is put in place. Mm. So it becomes an holistic team of the physician, holistic team with the pharmacist and the whole team in the world rounds, the way it's being done currently in MTRH and across the world. And that helps in elevating the patient, both in cost and also in suffering. When you say MTRH, what is, what is the MTRH? Oh, the, that, that practice currently whereby you have a team in mm. hospital management. Oh. We have Moi Teaching and Referral Hospital, yeah. mm-hmm. which has uh, encompassed this practice so much. Yeah. Where in every ward round or in every hospital settings, there's a clinical pharmacist that works together with the physicians mm-hmm. or with the medical team. And his role is just to look at the medication that the patient is receiving. If a patient is on chronic condition, let's say like diabetes or hypertension, then every day as they take the particular medication that has been prescribed, you have to also continue monitoring that what is the adherence? How are they responding? And then that helps in total uh, management of the patient. So on a personal, uh, personally, when I go to hospital, like if, say, you sprained your leg and stuff, uh, but I'm not in pain. So they give me some medication, and then they always pres- prescribe, uh, uh, I don't know what you call it, uh, a painkiller. Pain killer. Yes. And you tell them, I, 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 I mean, I'm okay, I can handle this pain. Yes. But they tell you, no, you must get it because of my card. There's a problem with all the, the prescriptions and, car and medical uh, insurance, mm. especially. It's, it's some people, sometimes they, 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 the prescriptions are normally too, too much and expensive and not necessary. Is there mm. something that you guys are doing uh, and, and to investigate these situations, especially in the private hospitals. And that's why I bring up the aspect of the, the therapy, yes, the holistic aspect of therapy, yeah. where every medication that you're having, they have to create a value. Yeah. You may not need to have three, four different antibiotics that are actually oh. doing the same thing. Oh. And when you are on antibiotic, how are they following up to ensure that you actually complete the dose oh. so that you can, uh, you can uh, reduce the aspect of, of microbial uh, resistance? Oh. Again, if you don't need a painkiller, oh. and then it is part of the bill, oh. a discussion among the medical team will make you not know, to go with that particular medication. Oh. And then of the, that reduces the cost. Oh. Yes. And also reduces the work your liver is doing yeah. Yeah, to yes. process things. <laughs> yes. I want to speak a little bit more about uh, COVID and, and lessons that we've learned. I feel like when COVID arrived, every other disease was forgotten. Every other sickness was forgotten because all our efforts and all our medical uh, practitioners' efforts appeared to be um, geared towards fighting this pandemic. So I wonder if there are things we've learned, lessons we've learned over the years that we, if ever, God forbid, something like this was to strike again, strike the world again. What What do you think are, are the kind of conversations and lessons that we've learned? I think from the COVID actually shows the showed a lot of inefficiency that we have mm. in our healthcare in the country and not only in developing countries, even in the developed world, mm-hmm. because there's a lot that was overstretched in the hospitals. And so from that point, there's actual need that every country need to see healthcare not just as a normal expenditure, but they need to see it as an investment of the country to the point that if there are new uh, pandemics to come, then the country it will be resilient enough to protect the, 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 the citizen. And one thing that comes up with that is that they need to have the professionals, or the medical personnel employed. Mm. We need to have uh, doctors in hospitals. We need to have pharmacists. We need to have nurses such that the overwhelming that we saw in the hospitals in the, com- in the counties is actually undertaken. There's something that we call the, the, the intensive care or rather the, the, the news of ICUs in the hospital. Mm. At the time where we had the pandemic, it was a talk of the day. But then it doesn't mean that during this 
period that we've had in 2022 that we need to forget about that. Mm. Ideally, the government need to now invest so that any person should not be denied a chance to have the, to access the ICUs. Mm. We have had even a case recently in uh, Mama Lucy Hospital mm. where we lost a patient. And that happened ideally because there was no intensive care. Wow. So despite the fact that there were specialists, that there were doctors, that there were nurses, without the intensive care, there was no way the patient could be saved. So this actual need to invest in the healthcare system that's what we've learned from the COVID. But that can only happen if we do what we call budget justice to healthcare. Wow. We need to put a set aside funds that will ensure that we have personnel, we have the doctors, that will ensure that we have the equipment that we need, that will also ensure that things actually done and the policies that have already been discussed in the Ministry of Health are implemented down into the counties. Mm. Because what we currently see are many hospitals that have been built. We had isolation centers that were there at that time, mm. but now they're not functional. So really, that's a very a thing that we need to look at strongly. Currently, we've seen an outbreak of Ebola yeah. mm. in the neighboring count, uh, country. Mm. As, a, as, a, as the government gives a warning to county governments and even to the, to the, the citizens to be vigilant, there has to, be, there has to be a strong action oh. on how we can actually protect ourselves if, they can, if we get the disease. Dr. let me just ask you, what are the, let's say, the, the, the people who need to hear you right now listening? Uh, when we come back, I'd like to have you tell me what the low-hanging fruits are. If you had access to the CS of Health today, and you were to tell him two, three things, or had two, or if things, you, or if you were to yeah. be called up as a CS Health yeah. today, what are those first three things that you would do to to fix the problem? When we come back, all right, time for the news headlines and the sport. Tevi Sayaga is here, and remember, guys, we are talking to Dr. Davji Bimji. Atela, National Secretary General, KMPDU, this is a Kenya Medical Practitioners Pharmacist and Dentist Union. We're celebrating a World Pharmacists Week. Okay, we'll be right back after this. Capital FM. We have in studio Dr. Davji Bimji Atela, and we are speaking all things health. Um, how do we fix this broken health system? And uh, the task, uh, the challenge I threw to Dr. Ari just before the break was if he was seated in a position of more power than he currently holds right now, <laughs> what, are the, what are the low-hanging fruit, what are the top three things that you would implement if money was not a problem, if corruption was not a problem, if uh, minds in our leadership of this country were aligned? What are the top three things? Uh, first of all, if that happens to be in the situation currently. The first thing that we look at is the budget justice, the mm -hmm. budget. And this will ensure that uh, currently, when we look at it, it's at 4.4%. And that makes everything not possible to actually work. But if you put it to have a budget justice at 15% mm. or at 5% as per WHO uh, as per for the, of the GDP, then it then means that we can have... Uh, adequate human resource mm -hmm. for all the count for all the for, for, for all the counties it may not be enough but then it will have an improvement we will uh, from the ministry of health there will be ability to capacity build the counties not only by giving equipment without the personnel but also by employing the required personnel and that is the service delivery mm. the number two is the unveiling of the universal health coverage this is going to enable every person in the country to access healthcare. Mm. And this can happen if we have a functional public healthcare in all the counties. And this is possible if there's enough also finance for the same. Then the last thing is the empowerment of not only the healthcare workers but also the patients. That, that means that there needs to be a lot of community engagements. The patient needs to know what is their right, 
how do they need to have access to the healthcare? What will they do at in the, the what's the primary healthcare level? What are they going to achieve in level one, level two, level three? Because then that will make it possible that the conditions that can be identified earlier, that is promotive and pre- preventive healthcare, can be maximized. And if that happens, then the, num- the number of cases that will be at level four, level five, level six will be reduced. We'll have cases whereby we will be able to identify these uh, cancer cases early enough. Mm. That means they can easily be managed rather than when they go at level six. Mm. And this can happen if we have actual promotion of preventive healthcare in the country. Okay. So you said the current recommendation by WHO is five, a minimum of 5% of uh, our country's GDP? 5% of GDP. So we are at 2.3%. And given our GDP, you think up to 15 would would solve uh, the, all the problems? The 15% is now the budget. Okay. Our, our annual budget is at, uh, uh, we, we are at 4.4%. Yes. But if, uh, if we go at 15%, that was as per the Abuja declaration mm. of, 20, of 2001 for all the African countries, then we will be much better off from where we are at 4.4%. Okay, okay. Hmm. So if I was if I was president, I don't know if this is a good idea. Uh, personally, I'd, 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 all civil servants, that is all elected members of mm. parliament, mm. MCAs, governors, senators, all of these people have to go to uh, either either county hospitals to seek medical help or government hospitals to seek medical help. Do you think that will help us, uh, you know, make our health systems better and have more equipment? Because we can employ 20,000 people, the way they were saying, mm. but then we employ 20,000 people into shells, yes. into buildings with nothing, a mm. hole. Mm. Do you think that would help? Actually, the reason why we have an unfunctional, rather dysfunctional public health care is because all the leaders that we elect from the MCAs to the MPs, to the governors who actually get the budget for healthcare, mm. to the ministers, yeah. they do not access healthcare in the public. Yeah. They have FT insurance packages that actually takes them to private hospitals. Okay. So then, so then, if we do not have those uh, those facilities, we don't have the healthcare is not functional in the counties. They will not experience it. We have a particular example where one of the governors with an accident, it's quite unfortunate, oh. and was taken to the referral hospital in Nyeri, where he was from, oh. there was no service. We have seen that it was being airlifted to the private hospitals. Mm. We have seen many governors who had COVID-19 uh, last year and part of this year. Mm. They're all being flown to Robbie Hospital and all other private hospitals. But they're the ones with the budget for healthcare in those particular counties. So and have those particular ones who had that negative or unfortunate experience, have their county hospitals improved? Uh, they you see, there's, there's a big aspect of politics that they yeah, play. Yeah. Where they, the politics is what do the Wanainchi see? They see a big hospital, they oh. see a big facility, and then they see anybody in a white lab could be a doctor. So really, because they are not consumers of the same uh, healthcare that they provide, mm. they will not care about it. At one point you are saying, it's not possible to be baking bread. But then when you want to take breakfast, you go buy bread from your neighbors. Oh. So it's very important that you know what quality of bread you need. And that will actually improve the access to healthcare. And speaking of uh, baking your own bread, also as a pharmacist, if we manufacture our own drugs, that makes it cheaper, right? Because I understand we import most of our, of our medicine. We actually uh, import over 75% of the consumption that we have in the country, which takes about uh, almost 150 billion. So there's 150 billion yes in import in imports of the medication in this country. That's so there's surely. actually need to uh, to improve the the man- local manufacturing. And that can only happen if we reduce the tax regime on those particular man- mm. on the process. Yeah. And also we make the human aspect human resource aspect of it po- visible. So but you're c- saying that p- p- people within the country are being taxed more than people who are imp- bringing in the drugs. The tax that is put up 
on the process of manufacturing makes the drug that will otherwise cost very cheap to three four folds if it's manufactured locally right. and that's why the, the, that's why it ma- it makes the the, the 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 wholesalers easily import mm. than manufacture yeah. my god and that means we're not because i think that then speaks to all the other um what shall we call them like uh, auxiliary benefits yes, right so yes. there's healthcare but then your society improves if you're not spending this much time in hospitals and and looking for money to pay bills we are a country that has uh, harambeed itself to no end uh-huh. everyone has a cold we do a harambe uh-huh. um you know all the way to to funerals and everything uh-huh. but i think there's like a social element as well and an economic benefit that we would see if this problem you're highlighting is is fixed could you speak a little bit about that uh, basically um if we as a country look into the need to have everyone access to healthcare mm. then it would be very easy to 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 have health that do not burden the community or do not burden the families mm. but as as at now it is more of if you are able to pay then you get a better healthcare than if you're not able to pay and this also has been well illustrated with even the national the, the shortage of insurance that we have the NHIF currently out of the accredited facilities 75% of the accredited facilities are public 25% are private. private but then in terms of rebutting the funds 80% of the funds goes to the private the 25% mm. while 20% goes to the to the to, to the public Which so there's no possibility of yeah. making that work and when you look dig deeper you realize that those who own the private hospitals are the ones who are in the leadership in the counties yeah. and the ones who are in the parliament health committees are the ones who are MCs so there's actual need to bring regulations mm. and laws that will empower the public facilities and one thing that uh, we uh, keep advocating for is this ring fencing of funds mm. the funds that are meant for healthcare need to remain for healthcare mm-hmm. within the hospitals no reallocation not reallocation to mm. other things mm. okay <laughs> wow what an eye opener as ah. we celebrate this year's world pharmacist day um, there's a lot, a lot. Pharmacy United in Action for a healthier world. And a healthier is not just physically, it's mentally, it's societal. Um, and I think that I also saw that there's some other thing we're celebrating at the end of this week. Uh-huh. World Contraceptive Contraception. Not, is it it's today? today? It's, it's today. It's, it's now. Hey, let me tell you something. <laughs> me, can all these days just be every day? You must use contraception every day. Yeah. You must get uh, medicine from the pharmacy every day. Yeah. But I guess it's also good to just have one day to highlight. Yeah. Hey, so so what is your final note on the contraception? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dr. should we? Or should we not? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a balanced thing. <laughs> uh, they, there's a song that says, uh, uh, I think, South uh, Soul. Mm-hmm. So, it, from that school of thought, uh, some may think that every child that you have, then it will be uh, taken care of by the society, by the community, and all that. That's mm. uh, that respective. But again, in the uh, world of contraceptives, they look at is there a need? You need to have children that you can adequately take care of them to mm-hmm. have quality life. Mm-hmm. So it's a balance of the culture and a balance of what actually is feasible and what should be done. Oh, thank you well, so much. As guys, we'll keep talking about that one when yeah. we come back. But it is five o'clock, and we're so grateful that you spent some time with us as we commemorate um, this two days yesterday's World Pharmacist Day and today's World Contraception Day. But thank you also for just opening our eyes um, as to, you know, the fact that we have a broken system, but there is ways to fix it. Thank you. Thank right? you. Capital FM.